Welcome to the Exodus Health Center podcast. These seminars are recorded live Monday nights at 7 p.m. at the Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, where we believe that God needs no help, just no interference. Tonight's workshop covers pH balance and hydration, as presented by Dr. David Jockers. Now, here's Dr. David. So you guys just saw those videos. So obviously, we have got a crisis as far as our water goes, and I think most of you guys have some level of understanding of that. And then... So for, for years, you know, people have been turned into bottled water, but obviously you just saw right there that bottled water is actually causing more of a problem, right? That it's not a solution that's causing more of a problem. So hopefully this workshop will be able to clear a lot of that stuff up for you and, uh, and really help you. And so I remember the last time I did this, it was in September, this whole place was packed. So this is usually a really, really awesome workshop. You guys were one of the few, I guess, that heard about it because everybody was saying today, they, they came in, they were like, is there a workshop today? I didn't hear anything. So... That's right. That's, see, Yvette knows there's always a workshop, right? Exactly. So here we go. So hydration and pH. So here's our maximized living principles right here. Number one, you know, minimizing toxins, maximizing our nerve supply, quality nutrients, and obviously water falls right into that because ultimately our body is mostly water, so that's got to come with it. And who here would want to energize their system, wants more energy? Who here? Probably all of us, right? And so water plays a key role, and we're going to talk about how that works in really maximizing our body's ability to produce energy, optimize energy, and then also helps us uh, detoxify as well, so minimizing toxins. So cellular healing, really going back to our principle that our body is literally made up of, you know, depending on who you ask, 70 to 75 trillion cells, right? It's unbelievable how we work, and we're all interconnected. Everything works in synergy and, and in synchrony, and it's unbelievable that every single Every day we make 100 billion new cells, right? So, Carolyn, that, that right now your heart is really rebuilding new cells. That, you know, Satish, you, you went through a heart surgery. We were talking about this earlier, right? And we said that in seven months you have a new heart, right? So he went into the doctor's office, right? And what, what were you saying? What did the doctor say? Yeah. He was surprised at how, how, how he's amazingly improved his health because typically, and Satish has gone through heart surgery, open heart surgery, all of that. Typically... The doctor sees these people, and, and are they getting better or worse? They're getting worse over time, right? They need more medications over time, all of this kind of stuff. Satisha's getting better, and he said his spine, he, what do you say about your spine? Well, he really surprised because he checked my spine about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And he checked uh, uh, last week, and he said, how come that thing going better? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> yeah. Then I told that I'm going to another doctor and take a treatment. He said, do that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I keep out the good work, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that's it. So he's really rebuilding his heart, rebuilding all of his organs. So even though he had that heart surgery, quadruple bypass, right, all of those arteries, they can still rebuild and still heal. And so as long as there's life in the body, God can heal. That's the principle, and it does that. Our body is literally programmed to do this on a regular basis. And so the cause of disease really comes down to this. It's when we have more toxins going in, right, then are coming out. Does that make sense? So this is a good healthy cell right here. It's a great explanation how this works because we've got nutrients flowing in, right, and we've got wastes coming out, and it's really working in its kind of its optimal form, exactly the way that it should. In order for this to happen, the cell membrane, this says right here, soft and permeable, right? So it has to be very soft, very permeable, 
allowing um, the different things, the neurotransmitters, uh, the hormones and whatnot to regulate and to work with it and allowing gates to being, be opened up so that nutrients can flow in, waste can flow out. What happens is when we have rigid, hard, rigid cell membranes, by the way, who remembers from the workshop what lines all the cell membranes? That's right, exactly. So you guys are both right. So D said fat. The fatty acids actually line the entire cell. And then Steve said receptors, that receptors pop up in there, right? And so what kind of fats do we really want on that cell membrane? So we definitely, and so he said saturated fat. We absolutely want saturated fat, even though it sounds uh, a little unusual to some of you guys who, who are not familiar with this. We want saturated fat. They're the strong pillars on that cell membrane. And then what other kinds of fats do we want in the cell? Omega-3s, that's right. Omega-3s and a certain amount of omega-6s as well. We want to have the right ratio. And those are our fluid so, uh, fluid fats. And so we want fluid fats and we want strong fats. Saturated fats and the cholesterol actually provide the strong, stable supports. And then the omega-3s and the omega-6s provide fluid. They provide fluidity for the, cell, for the receptors to actually form an area. Obviously, I just said fluid, so what else needs to be there? Fluid, right? We need, obviously, fluid there as well. And so what kind of fat ends up creating a very rigid cell membrane? Who knows? Trans fat, that's right. And remember you saw the French fry, it had a half-life of, of how long? 51 days, that's right. See, 51 days gets right on that cell membrane and blocks it. And so it blocks receptors from being able to interact. It blocks our body's ability to really bring in, to, to hold an electrical current effectively and to bring in nutrients. So a lot of people are vitamin D deficient. And what we've now known is that not only are they vitamin D deficient in the sense that they're not getting enough of the, the vitamin, but that their cell membranes themselves can't even take it in because their fats aren't fluid enough, right? So because they're eating so many processed foods, trans fats, things like that, they don't have the, the omega-3s that they need. So we need that on our cell membrane, all those good fats. And then on top of that, we got to have ample supply of water. And so toxicity or deficiency, really ultimately all disease, all sickness, symptoms, right? Ultimately chronic symptoms in your body, it comes down to this. Either your body is toxic or it's deficient. And so what would you do? So if you saw a plant like this right here, if you saw that plant, right, Becca, what, what would you want to do to that plant? First thing, right? First thing you're thinking is give it water, right? Absolutely. You're not thinking about um, giving it a pill, right? Or a vaccine or a surgery or something like that. First thing we think is let's go ahead and let's water it, right? So let's say the water doesn't work. So you put water on it. Next day, it still looks like that. And what do you do? Check the soil maybe or put it in the sun. Maybe it's been in the shade all day, right? You want to put it in the sun. Then check the quality of the soil. Absolutely. Because, right? So you want to make sure all the nutrients are in there, that it's getting enough nutrients, and you want to make sure nobody's pumping diesel fuel down the road, right? And so, and you pretty feel, feel pretty confident that if those things are, are taking place, that if, um, if you provide the right environment, that the plant should be able to grow effectively. So how about a goldfish? Let's see you see a sick goldfish. What's the first thing you think about? Change the water, right? Exactly. Again, you don't think about what drug does it need, right? It's, it's sick. What, what drug? Maybe I need to throw antibiotics in there or whatever it is. You're not thinking that. Immediately, you're thinking change the water. And so it's the same thing with us. That's what we've got to be thinking whenever there's, whenever there's symptoms in our body, whenever 
uh, systems in our body aren't working. Blood pressure is up. Cholesterol. We're not losing weight effectively. Um, you're, you're, you have a fever, a flu, whatever it is. We want to immediately be thinking, what am I either toxic in? What am I deficient in? How do I turn up my, my, my own cells, my own body's ability to detox itself and to bring in the nutrients so it can heal, right? How do I turn those systems up? That's really got to be our thought process. And so that's why we know it's impossible to be 100% healthy when we supply the cells with only some of the requirements, right? And this is what a lot of programs do, don't they? So it's all about, you know, this miracle, you know, let's say you just do, you know, magnesium or whatever, whatever the new uh, supplement on the block is, right? Magnesium, or if it's a medication or whatever it is, or um, this new weight loss program, you know, it's, it's, it's focusing on one aspect, right? Maybe it's nutrition, maybe it's exercise, rather than the entire whole. And what we know is for a healthy cell, a cell needs eight critical things in order for it to really function and heal. And this is really looking directly at the cellular level. Number one, all the essential nutrients, right? So we can go on and on, obviously, do a whole food makeover on all the nutrients and, uh, and still go on and on. I could probably sit up here 24 hours just talking about all the nutrients a good cell needs in the right ratios. Oxygen, so it needs an ample supply of oxygen. We also need water, and that's what we're going to focus on today, right? So we're going to really hit uh, water, sunlight, rest, detox. So it needs to be able to detox effectively, and there are systems that, that do that. Proper pH, and so we're going, to, we're going to talk about that for sure, how to really alkalize our system, energize ourselves. And this is also, a lot of these things play a role, and they work together. Right? So like ox water and pH actually work, play a role in detox. Right? So that, that plays a key role there. Um, and then nerve impulse. And so obviously every single cell needs the force of life, the actual electrical current driving it to function. So let's go into this. So water, of course, is the most primary nutrient next to oxygen. That, and that, so 98% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. So when people come in this office, one of the first things we do is what? Deborah, what do we tell them? Drink water, right, right away. Like we slam it down your throat. We're constantly giving you more cups. Drink more, drink more. That's right. So immediately my head says, yes, you may be in that 1% or 2%, but um, probably you're in that 98%. So let's go ahead and do that. And, and really, ultimately, if, if, we, if we really took that statistic to heart, 100% of us are dehydrated at some point during the day. Like for me, I was dehydrated before I came out here. I was adjusting people, right? And I could just, I just knew. So I, I made sure that obviously I hydrated up before I even came out here to speak. So we're all dehydrated at times during the day. But really, for most people, I would say nine, probably 9 out of 10, they get chronically dehydrated. And it just gets worse and worse and worse over time because that's the way our health is. Unfortunately, it's a sliding scale. And so as we start moving downhill, momentum picks up and really pushes us in that direction. And so um, it's one of Newton's laws, right? An action, so, so a force, you know, unless it hits a counterforce, you know, it's just going to continue in motion. And so it's the same thing. So if you're dehydrated, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse unless you address it. We'll talk about how that works. So we saw the Dr. Oz video. And so my, my, my tip here, and I hope you guys all take this to, to, uh, to heart, and I'm not going to be able to go into too much detail on it just because we have a lot to cover. But don't drink tap water unless you want all this junk right here in your system. So we do that in our toxicity workshop. We talk about that. Um, so that's at a later time. And the chemistry of life. So and I'm going to talk about, I know, um, I know how, uh, Lauren was asking about um, different types of water systems. We'll, we'll mention some of those things. But number one, first thing we've got to really look at is how critical water is to our body. 
So we know that all, all life really takes place in an ionized medium, that really water and the right electrolytes provides the very, the very circuitry of life and it very, the, very, um, the very pool that all life takes place in. So it's absolutely essential. So we need that combination, the water and the right electrolytes, the right ionization process in order for our body to, to really produce anything, any kind of molecule. And so water is a bonding adhesive like we were talking about in that cell membrane that brings it all to life. By the way, what are, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you guys out and see, see who can get some of these right answers. So these little, these little things right here, what are those? Yvette, what do you think those are? Cell membrane. It's a cell membrane, but what part of the cell membrane? What do you think? What did we talk about before? That's the fats, right? So all these right here, those are the fats. These things, this is, these, uh, these big blocks, that's what neurotransmitters, hormones interact with. What do we call those? Receptors. That's right. These are receptors. These are glycoproteins right here. They kind of they kind of sense the environment, kind of sense what's going on in the environment. Kind of cool how that's all made up. And you can see this is really a fluid membrane. And so there's fluid on the outside, fluid on the inside, and it's interacting. Now the the fats they're called hydrophobic, meaning that they really don't don't like water and they kind of stop water in a sense. Water doesn't interact um, with them unless they open a receptor. And so because of that, they're kind of the gate in between water from the outside and water from the inside. So when we look at the human body, we know a fetus is almost 100% water. That's, that's hard to believe, isn't it? 100% that a baby at birth, 80% water. Um, as, we, as we grow, a normal adult, we should be about 70%. Now, has anybody measured at 70% in there? No. Typically not, right? And so typically not. My... By the way, you can see my numbers if you read that chart. So last time I got checked, I think it was like, uh, I think it was like 67 or something like that percent, somewhere around there. Um, so if you ever want to look at that, you'll see kind of what that looks like. And then typically, as people age, I mean they're 50 percent. Our 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 things are reading like 40, 30 percent, right? So people get chronically dehydrated over time. And look at our organ systems. So our brain is mostly water, 83 percent water. 83% water there with our brain, our kidney, 82%, our heart, 79%, lungs, 80%, our blood, of course, 90%, bones are least at 22%. And you'll see how this plays out. This is really important that our brain is mostly water. So it's water and fats. That's really our brain, guys. I mean, really, ultimately, it's water and fats. There's some glycoproteins, some different structures, cholesterols. But, you know, mostly it's water and fats that are in our brain. So it's key that we uh, obviously regulate those things. So my advice, and this is the takeaway. So number one thing you can get out of this workshop is this right here. Keep drinking water, right? So Joy, keep drinking water. That's our, our number one thing. It's the lack of water equals lack of energy. I mean, that's the number one cause of daytime fatigue is dehydration. So if you guys want to stay energized all day, number one takeaway is drink more water. Now you guys probably... You know, you're going to get a lot more out of this workshop than that, but ultimately that should be the takeaway that you remember. So, crying for water. So, dehydration symptoms. There's a whole book. There's books written about this. By the way, the guy who wrote, the, wrote these books, his name is Dr. I call him Dr. Batman, okay? Because if you try to read his last name, he's Iranian. It's like Bat Batman Jaloni or something like that. This guy was at a great story about him. He was actually... Um, he was in Iran during the Iranian, Iran-Iraq conflict, and he was actually put in prison. He was a medical doctor, put in prison, and uh, he didn't have access to any medications. He was seeing people sick and suffering right next to him, 
And so all he had access to was water. And so for every reason, the prison had clean water and unlimited supplies. So they would give him as much water as he wanted. It didn't cost him anything, so they would just continue to give him water. And he had people with stomach ulcers, all kinds of different conditions. And he was just pumping water down their system. And he saw all these conditions, all these people starting to get better. He was actually in, in prison there for four years. And they were going to release him. At the end of the conflict, they were going to release him. And he actually chose to stay in for another six months to finish his research because he was that on purpose about what he was doing. So it was really cool how that worked. And so he's written a couple books. One of them is Crying for Water. And we know that dehydration symptoms, number one, fatigue, weight gain, all of these things, hunger, headaches, irritability, pain. Who's ever noticed any of these things before, right? All of us, every single one of us. And so, you know, first thing we got to be thinking, honestly, if any of those things are going on, is what? Dehydration, right? So immediately, we should be going with water. It's probably the simplest, easiest thing we can address, and we want to immediately go for that. When I was growing up, when I was, um, I, I can distinctly remember you know, going through middle school and, and particularly in high school, I would have headaches in school. I would just be tired, exhausted, especially, especially after lunch. And I would just, I'd have this, uh, this, English, I had this English class and, and the teacher had just a really soothing voice. <laughs> so I'd kind of sit in the back and uh, my head would go down, right? And next thing I know, I was out. And so, um, but I remember going out in the hall. I'd always take a break in the middle of some of these classes, go out, kind of walk around the hall a little bit, and uh, just be, just drink, you know, and just drink a ton of water. And I always felt better, more energized. I felt great. And I really didn't put two and two together at that point. But now that I think about it and later on in my life, I mean, I, I just realized, gosh, you know, I, I was chronically dehydrated. I was eating, you know, not, not a very good diet. Lots of sugars, by the way. Sugar will definitely cause dehydration, among other things that you guys learned at the food makeover, right? Mm-hmm. So it will definitely cause dehydration. If you're eating a lot of sugar, a lot of candy, things like that, um, it will strip everything out of you, all, all the major minerals, nutrients, and all the water. You'll see you'll just be so dehydrated and tired. And that's part of our body's mechanism, part of our, our buffering system for the sugar. So dehydration, when we are dehydrated, this is what happens. We lose 66% of the water that we lose is actually from the inside of the cells. So cells are nice and plump at their optimal length, and then they actually start to get rigid. They start to get rigid and they lose a lot of fluid, and it loses from the outside. And so we're looking at this. Um, our body set signals a certain system. Our kidneys are immediately activated, stimulate a drive for salt intake, because salt carries what with it? Electrolytes. Water. Well, it's electrolytes, but those electrolytes also carry water with it, guys. You, you, know, you understand this. Raise your hand if you're, you're in agreement with that, if you understand that. Raise your hand. So everybody else doesn't understand that? When you take salt... Salt will actually uh, t- tend to keep you keep your, your fluid volume up, right? So a lot of people they swell up, right? When they're when they're taking in salts, and we're going to talk about the right salts and how that works. Brain also produces histamine, which activates our reticular reticular activating system in our brain. And so, who's heard of histamine before? Some of you guys, some people were at the asthma allergies workshop that we did last week, and we talked about how chronic dehydration will actually cause your body to, to, will actually cause increased histamine levels and cause asthma and allergies, a common cause of, of asthma and allergies. So histamine does this. Number one, regulates a thirst mechanism. So it will actually tell us at times um, that we're thirsty. It also increases cortisol. Who knows what cortisol is? So cortisol is what hormone? Stress hormone, that's right. And when we have elevated cortisol, chronically elevated cortisol, what can our body not burn? 
fat, that's right. And so you see how this cascade, this mechanism where we increase our histamine will not allow us to then burn fat, not to mention that cortisol actually ages us prematurely. So it'll cause faster uh, an increase in, in wrinkles in our skin, right? Our joints will degenerate faster. I mean, everything in our body will produce disease if we have elevated cortisol, drive our, our adrenals crazy. Suppresses our immune system, activates a prostaglandin that actually shuts down our pancreas and uh, so we get less, pa less potassium and water moving into our cells. And ultimately, it will damage the, the, the beta cell DNA. And so our pancreas, pancreatic beta cells, does anybody know what hormone that produces? What'd you say, Steve? Insulin. insulin, you're right, absolutely. So if your body's not able to produce insulin anymore, then what happens? Sugar goes up, right? So blood sugar goes up, and then when, they, when, when we test your blood sugar and it's elevated, what do they call that, what's the name? Diabetes, right? Exactly. So you can see how dehydration is a link. Now, it's not the only cause. There's a number of causes, but it's a, very, it's a strong link to a lot of these different degenerative diseases. So very, very critical. Now, histamine is really our body's natural water shunt system. And so immediately what it does, it really tells our body to shunt water where it's most important. So what's more important, your brain or your muscles? Brain, right? So brain's 83% water. So one of the first symptoms that you'll notice when you're dehydrated, and we'll go on to this next one, one of the first symptoms you notice is that sometimes you get a little tight in your muscles, right? So who's ever been there before? So you get tight, right, in your muscles, your joints start to ache, right? You, get, you lose a little bit. Um, your, your bloodstream itself loses some, some fluid. So your blood pressure sometimes can, can drop, actually, will, will decrease um, acutely, and chronically it can elevate, and so what happens? We feel a little bit lightheaded. Sometimes we have headaches, we have joint issues, joint problems. So oftentimes cause, and of course fatigue by dehydration. <clears throat> so look at this. This blows me away. After 24 hours of water deprivation, elderly do not even feel thirsty. So who either can say this about themselves or knows somebody that you've been trying to tell drink to drink water, maybe it's yourself, and you just, you're like, Ah, oh, gosh, you know, I'm just not thirsty or somebody else. They're like, I'm just not thirsty. Who's, who's been there? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of you guys, right? And so that's right. So this is why, because our system, our body actually adapts. So if we're not providing the water, our body will adapt. In fact, in our hypothalamus, an area of our brain, we have our hunger center and our thirst center. They're right next to each other. So what happens is we have something called neuroplasticity in our body. And what that means is it's the ability of the nerve system to kind of rewire itself. So if we're really thirsty, but we're feeding ourselves instead, and it's nice when we eat, right, because food's so, so prevalent, it's all around us, and when we eat, we stimulate dopamine. Okay, who knows what dopamine, who's ever heard of dopamine before, right? So that dopamine is a neurotransmitter in your brain that gives you a feel-good response, right? It's feel-good. Same thing when people take cocaine and whatnot, they drive dopamine up, right? It's a feel-good sensation, so when we eat, same thing happens, right? So we get comfortable eating or drinking, you know, whether it's uh, Gatorade or soda or whatever it is, which really isn't drinking um, because it'll actually take more water out of your system than will actually provide because of the sugar. So it actually, those are actually diuretics, whether they're classified as diuretic or not, they really are diuretics, whether they have caffeine or not. So when we do that, our brain rewires itself. Now that part of that hunger center starts to rewire itself into the thirst center. So when the thirst center should be getting turned on, guess what gets turned on? Hunger. hunger center, exactly. So what we really need to do is go back to our water 
continue to drink throughout the day. This is why one of the key tips that I'm going to give you guys is to make sure that every 15 minutes you're saturating your cells between two and six ounces, right? So typically a good chug is about two ounces, right? So between you know one to three or four ch uh, chugs, great every 15 minutes, just constantly super saturating your cells. Very key. Look at this right here. The elderly lose between three and a half and six liters of water in a 10-year period. Imagine that. That's a lot of water to lose, right? And so this is why. Who's ever heard of you know elderly people, older people, um, shrinking, right? Yeah. Where are they losing that water? Out of their joints, particularly out of the joints in their spine, their knees, right? So their knees degenerate, so the meniscus degenerate. Now they have osteoarthritis in their knees. That takes about a quarter of an inch or whatever, quarter, half an inch, right? They lose it in all their spinal joints. So now they've got massive spinal degeneration where we'll talk about the, the, the impact of nerve stress and of, of spinal degeneration, how that actually literally destroys organs. So now they've got that going on, right? So they end up shrinking. It's very common. They'll shrink an inch or two because they're losing water from all these different areas. So, um, so this is what happens. Look at this. From 20 to 70 years old, the ratio of water inside the cell to outside goes from 1.1 to, to 0.8. And we lose all that water from the inside the cell, and the cells start to shrink up. So reduce dehydration. Here are our major early symptoms. Number one, reduced energy, that we feel more fatigued. Uh, digestive problems, drowsiness, tight muscles and joints, brain fog, sugar and salt cravings. So who's ever had any of these before? Probably all of us, right? Absolutely. And, and so absolutely key. So I know you guys are all with me, but we're going to keep this fun. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have us do a, a quick little burst right here. So everybody get up. So next week's workshop, we're going to go into detail on weight loss and on burst training and all this kind of stuff. But you guys are going to get a little preview, and we're going to oxygenate our system right here. So we're going to go 30 seconds, okay? We're going to sprint in place as fast as we can, 30 seconds. So you guys, those of you guys who are at the workshop, we did 60 seconds, right? So this is not as bad, right? 30 seconds. We can do 30 seconds. Here we go, guys. All right, ready and go. Good. 20 seconds. Good. Keep it moving, guys. Keep your arms pumping. Good. 10 seconds. Awesome. Five. There we go, and done. Give somebody a high five. Woo! All right, there we go. Good, so we're getting some, some, getting our blood flowing, getting the oxygen pumped into our brain. That keeps us alive. This is how you learn more effectively. Keep your brain oxygenated. Yep, so, great, so, dehydration. So when, when we're looking at other things, let me, let me catch my breath here, right? So. Proteins and enzymes, this is, this is some of the other things that happen. So we have proteins and we have enzymes. That's what actually helps our body produce energy, helps us turn over DNA, right, so, so the cell can express itself. So they become increasingly inefficient. So remember that first slide that I showed you guys with, with energy, right, with nutrients coming in the cell and waste going out? So when our cells become inefficient, now they're not able to bring enough nutrients into the cell because their energy systems are weak and they're not able to get waste out of the cell effectively because their energy systems are weak. So because of that, they start to literally build toxicity in there. So hydroelectric energy is, is a really big thing that we're gonna talk about today. That's our most efficient energy source. So another, another big complication that happens is we lose essential amino acids that are necessary to 
produce neurotransmitters, different hormones, serotonin, things like that. So when we think about serotonin, what do we think about? What's a, what's a, uh, uh, a disorder that we commonly think of? What is it? So insomnia can, be, can have some relationship. That's more to uh, depression, exactly. Depression, bipolar, things like that, right? So what kind of drugs do they give them? SS, called SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors that actually keep serotonin more available for a cell, right? But we got to ask ourselves is this, you always have to ask this, is why is the cell not doing it itself, right? Rather than take a drug, why is the cell not doing it itself? Because it should. That's how we were programmed. So different perceptions, like we talked about, feeling tired, flushed. So any of these things have to be immediate warning signs that your body is dehydrated. Immediately take action with that. Who's ever had this one? Dreaming of rivers, lakes, and oceans. <laughs> Typically a sign you're dehydrated right there. Okay, so here is, here's his name right here. So I just why I call him Dr. Batman, right? And so we talked about that, those physiological states. So let's go into this a little bit. First off, I like this term right here, adaptive physiological states. So there's no really, really ultimately there's no such thing as disease. You guys know that? Disease, right? Or pathology, the study of disease. Really, it's adaptive physiology, that our body does exactly what it needs to do. It's always doing the best it can with the environment that it is in. So if you provide a toxic, dehydrated, nutrient-deficient uh, environment, it's going to do the best it can, right? I mean, there are thousands of people, 90-plus 90, 90 percent of our society walking around that is toxic, they're deficient in essential nutrients, right? They're dehydrated, they're walking around, yet a lot of them, you know, they feel fine right now, right? Or they're just, you know, they have, they're, they're not on their deathbed, right? They may in 10, 15 years, but they feel okay. The body's actually doing an incredible job of keeping that system functioning, right? So it's not really disease. It's adaptive physiology. Body's doing the best it can. So if you do have an adaptive physiological state, like cancer, heart disease, any of these things, right? Then what you got to ask yourself is, why, what, what environment is it in, right? Is it toxic, deficient, just like we were talking about? So alcohol. So let's, let's look at this right here. So um, average American drinks 25 gallons of beer, right? Two gallons of wine, two gallons of other alcoholic beverages. So um, when we look at alcohol, what it really does, and among other things, most people know it's, it's not a healthy drink, right? You guys all kind of know alcohol is probably not, not right? So... Uh, Dr. Roberto said, um, he was talking about the different diets on Saturday, right? He talked about the red wine diet, you know? He said, do you lose 25 pounds and your license at the same time, right? So, yeah, so um, shuts down your emergency hydration system. That's really the big thing, that, that histamine release, your body's ability to shunt water to all the major organs actually shuts down. So, you know, so when people pass out, so first off, <clears throat> maybe some of you guys have had this experience, Hopefully not, but you know, if you're ever to be pulled over and they were to do a DUI test, right? What are some of the tests that they do? They check you like this, right? They do this right here, okay, where they're they're having you touch your nose. That's all checking the cerebellum, a little area in the back of your brain. Okay, and so it's the most sensitive to alcohol and to dehydration. So when people are dehydrated, a lot of times they'll lose balance, things like that. And so that's what they're actually checking for because the body's not able to shunt water and fluid up into the brain. That's one of the reasons it's not able to detoxify the alcohol and it's not able to shunt the water up there. So <clears throat> these are obviously some of the major things. You feel good because endorphins are released, but ultimately um, it suppresses your, your body. 
So we all kind of understood that, kind of know that. So that's why, you know, I choose personally, I don't drink any alcohol. But if you're going to drink like a glass of red wine or something like that, um, obviously you want to get it organic, antioxidant rich. Um, so that would be acceptable. It'd be okay. Just make sure you're drinking a lot of water with it. So you want to be able to be prepared, knowing what it's going to do to your system, be prepared for that. So caffeine, this is typically the part of the workshop where everybody starts throwing things at me and gets really upset at me. But, um, but caffeine, so plants actually use caffeine as a defense against predators. That was actually an evolutionary design that decreases the predator's natural wit and they forget how to effectively camouflage themselves, right? So, of course, in America, 400 billion cups of coffee sold yearly, right? So it's our kind of our preferred drink of choice. By the way, the average individual, average individual drinks 4.6 eight-ounce glasses of dehydrating beverages uh, versus 3.8 ounces of hydrating beverages. So they're actually drinking more dehydrating beverages than more diuretic beverages than they are drinking hydrating beverages. The average individual, no wonder why we're so sick, among, among other things, right? And so caffeine, short-term, immediately shifts the body into a stress response. So you like this right here? Coffee is my drug of choice. So that's what, for most people, that and, and, and sugar, right? They really are. Highly addictive, inflammatory, acidic, blocks melatonin. Melatonin's key not only so we can sleep, but ultimately so our body can heal effectively. So very, it takes a lot of energy out of the brain, overstimulates your adrenals. So a lot of people come into the office, their adrenals are just, are just shot. They're just literally shot. And so um, typically a lot of these people are just pounding coffee all day long. It's really not, not a good thing. So this is typically what I always say. So I always tell people, you know, it's okay. People, I mean, I get this question all the time. What if I just drink one glass of coffee? If you just drink one glass, you'll be all right. Obviously, you want to make sure, again, that you buffer it, right, that you're, you're drinking a lot of water around it, whether it's early or later, and I'm going to give you guys some tips on that. But you'll be all right, but, um, but you want to make sure you get it organic as much as possible. So get it organic because coffee happens to be extremely sprayed, one of the most heavily sprayed with pesticide plants. And obviously, better time to drink it would be in the morning. And, you know, you just want to keep it to a minimum. So this is typically what people do, right? <laughs> so they just get the really big cup, and they, uh, they have their one cup daily. So water, what's cool about it is that a lot of people depend on coffee. Who's, who's with me on that, right? Who, who here probably is, is like that or just knows people like that? Raise your hand, right? Yep, so most of us at least know people like that. The cool thing about it is that water really provides the, the benefit. And so if you wake up in the morning and you just start drinking a lot of water, immediately your energy systems will, will open up. In fact, your, your body secretes something called modalin, which is in your, your digestive system, that will naturally help perk energy, and it's the housekeeper of the gut. So it starts to really clean up the gut. And what's great is that early in the morning, okay, particularly between the hours of 6 a.m. to 9, our, long, our large intestine, our colon, that's typically that it's, it's prime hours. And so if we wake up early, flood it with water, stimulate modalin, our body will literally, it'll clean our digestive system, flush you know, toxins out of our system, get things moving, and naturally stimulate energy. This is one of the big things I do first thing in the morning, and I'm going to give you guys some tips on this, is just flush my system with water, just super hydrate my system. I feel so energized, so amazing when I do that. And really throughout the day, when I, when I just re-energize with water, it's amazing what happens. Who's with me? Who's, who's tried those things? I know some of you guys have. All right, so 
So table salt. So this is the other thing. So energy production. We know hydroelectric energy is our clean and efficient energy. It's our, our cleanest or most efficient energy. That's water and salts. Mm -hmm. Because when you have water and salts, electrolytes, your body doesn't actually need to, to break down any energy, right? It doesn't need to utilize energy in order to produce energy. So when we eat food, that metabolic process demands energy. You guys know that, right? It demands energy, so we have to use energy in order to produce energy. But when we drink water and salts, that doesn't depend on any energy. We don't have no energy processes, no enzymes being used, none of that. So our body's able to literally produce hydroelectric energy, um, electrical energy in our system without actually using any energy. It's our most efficient source. So we've got to have the right salts. So obviously everybody always says, and who's ever heard that salt is really bad for you? Most of us, right? Stay away from salt, stay away from sodium, stay away from all this stuff. Absolutely. But you've got you to gotta choose the right salts. So we know table salt, for example, very toxic. Look at this right here. It takes 23 times the cell water to neutralize the salt. 23 times the same amount of cell water. So it, it quickly dehydrates our system. So I remember eating out at restaurants, and I, I like my food salty. Um, some people, they, they, they depend on that, and um, that's, that's an okay response. In fact, typically blood type O's need a lot of good minerals. So I, uh, before I was smart enough to actually bring my own salt with me, I would use the table salt. I would be so thirsty after those meals and so tired. Um, it was just ridiculous. So now, Deborah, what do I do? I bring my own salt. Some of you guys have, we've done the uh, sweet tomatoes dinners, right? We just bring our own, some of our own stuff. So that's what we do, because we don't want to use the table salts. We want to use essential salts. So we know that crystal salt, for example, uh, according to what they're looking at, has spent over 250 million years. So basically, it's been under these volca this volcanic ash, right? This is tectonic pressure just building up an energy frequency. So it has 84 trace minerals, trace elements, so different minerals, um, different nutrients that are in there that are synergizing. And ultimately, when, when, when nutrients synergize, they exponentially affect our body's ability to, to utilize them and to utilize them effectively and produce energy. So a, no, a number of different reasons. Uh-oh. You have that plugged in? Okay, great. So that was the next slide right there. <laughs> All right, so a number of different reasons why that's going on. I'm just going to make sure that that computer, the battery, it must not be plugged in. So you have to check that. All right. So what I'll do while, that's, while he's getting that all set, Deborah, you want to hit the light? What I'll do is I'm going to make something for you guys. Now, this isn't the proper time. I was going to explain this as we go on, but I'll use our time effectively here. So this is called a, a sole, a water salt solution. Who's ever heard of that? Now, some of you guys, and I know Yvette was at the workshop we did. That was way back in like September, right? And she did it. She made it. Yep. So this is very simple to make. We take our good salts. So this right here is Redmond's Real Salt. Himalayan sea salt is also phenomenal that you can use. And so we take our good salts first thing. We pour them in here. And we're going to pour a bunch in there. All right. Well, I guess he's got it back up, so I might as well uh, just go on. We're just going to jump around. We're going we're gonna to have fun, right? Small crowd today, so you know, we can do what we want to do. So anyways... Salt comparison. So we've got three different types of salt right here. So our Himalayan crystal salt, and, and you can use Redmond's real salt as well. Himalayan, though, happens to be the gold standard. So that happens to be the one that's a lot of research has been done on. 
really good stuff. Here's our table salt. Look at the difference right there. See that huge difference? Table salt is actually just sodium and chloride. It's actually in industry made, right? So it's injured, industry produced, and um, it's just really devoid of any kind of life. Here is sea salt. So sea salt, it's really kind of a misnomer with the name. I mean, it did come from the sea, and so it does have minerals with it. The problem is it's gone through processing. And when it goes through processing, what happens to all those elements? Yeah, they, they start to become separated and they lose the life. Now, good thing about, for example, the Redmonds, the Himalayan, is that they haven't been processed or minimally processed, just chipped away. And so because of that, they're able to, they, that's why one of the reasons why they have the pink on them, is that they're able to, to have that synergistic effect and, and all the minerals are in synchrony with them. And so Celtic is good too. Yeah, it's another good salt. So here we go. So salt, medicinal purposes, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold. So years ago, they would trade the same amount of salt for the same amount of gold. It was worth its weight. It's a natural antihistamine. This is one thing I was talking about last week was that with asthma and allergies, we know oftentimes that's related to dehydration and mineral imbalances. And so a quick, easy, effective approach is just taking a little tiny bit of the good salts, putting it up maybe on the tip of your finger, putting it in your, in your mouth, and then drinking water with it. And it's powerful. Also, high potassium fruits right, or f that, are, that also have a lot of sugar, like melon, banana, stuff like that, put a little bit of salt on them. In fact, that used to be the customary thing to do. They would salt their melon. Um, orange juice can typically be a bad drink. I mean, it's really not a good drink to, to drink unless it's maybe fresh squeeze would be the, the only way I'd really recommend it uh, just because it's typically processed. And then it also is very high sugar, high potassium, and oftentimes that can really throw off um, hydration balance and mineral balance. Orange juice. Lemon juice yep. and salt. Is it? Yep. Lemon juice and salt. That's what Satisha said. Really good drink. Lemon juice and salt. So here are the good salts. Number of great, great things behind these salts. Um, obviously regulates blood pressure. And I know for a lot of you guys, you're thinking, man, I've, been, I've learned for years and years and years to stay away from salt. Right? It might seem a little outlandish to, 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 to be hearing this, but you know, this is the truth. And this is, this is really what happens all based on science. And so you're going to kind of, sometimes you have to hear it enough times to really fully take it in. But ultimately, I mean, this is what, what happens. And so minerals, potassium, magnesium, calcium, and zinc, absolutely essential that we have the right minerals and the right osmotic balance in our system. Most people, they're very skewed, very skewed. In fact, typically... Their sodium is through the roof, right, because they're eating table salt, which really doesn't provide any of these other major minerals. So their sodium is through the roof, and it's skewing all the balances of everything else. And they're, they're eating sugar all day long. And when you eat sugar all day long, what does it do to the other minerals? Depletes them, right? Magnesium depletes magnesium, depletes potassium, calcium, zinc. And so uh, because of that, they have just all their, their ratios are skewed. So, yes, stay away from sodium but add in lots of good salts because they're going to provide all the good minerals. So that's really the, the advice we need to focus on. So here's our, our soleil. So go ahead and hit that light. So here we go, guys. Show you how this is made. Yep. So first thing you do, now just like it says on here, salt water, seawater is a 26% solution. So first thing is we just have a bunch of salt, and you can just pour a ton in there. Then we're going to get our water, good, clean, fresh, purified water, and we're pouring that in. OK, 
Okay, and really the, the way that you want to see this, I'm going to mix it up a little bit because you want it to kind of absorb. And I can make a big tub of this. But what you really want to see is you want to see that there's salt on the bottom. So let me pass this around so you guys can see that. You see how there's salt on the bottom? That's important to see that. You want to get it to 26%. So if there's not salt in the bottom, you don't know if it's at 26% because it will not stop. It will not um, dissolve any further than 26%. So once it's hit that, salt is going to collect at the bottom. So you do that first. And the cool thing about this, and soleil actually, what that actually means, it means sun. And so it's sun charged. So what's cool about these salts is that they were actually, this is sun energy dried up in salt. And so it's actually phenomenal if you really look at it. I have a book. I don't know if it's over there. Somebody may have checked it out, but it's called Water and Salt. And it talks all about the history of this. And so I'm actually going to put a little bit more salt in there. So we've got a good salt water solution. Then what I do, typically you'd want to let this sit out about a half hour or so. Really let it collect. And um, I'm going to stir it up a little bit more. Really let it collect. But the next step that I do is I just take about half a teaspoon or maybe a full teaspoon or even a tablespoon. Some of you guys will really like this, so you'll want a lot. Just take that and I put it in here, okay? And then I fill my water bottle or my glass up and it charges the water, right? So it adds extra electrolytes, extra energy into the water helps your body detox. It's powerful. Plus, you can actually drink if you really want to detox, if you really want to move your, your bowels quickly, right? So if you just feel blocked up, constipated, you want to move your bowels quickly, you can drink the Soleil. You can drink that. And well, actually, that seawater your body can't absorb, so it will flush right through your system, go right into your large intestine, collect water, and boom. Just make sure that you give yourself like an hour or two, right? to really flush things out. But it's a powerful way of, of really cleaning your system and helping your body super hydrate. So you do this. Yeah, you can keep it. Yeah. I would just stir it up, stir it up on a regular basis, right? So it doesn't all collect. But yeah, you can keep it. You can just keep adding to it. Because that's a cool thing about it is that obviously you want the water. You want to make sure it's pure water, right? You don't have you know, any kind of toxins. And we'll talk about that um, as we go on. So you want to make sure it's pure water. And the salt itself is, in a sense, a natural sterilizing agent, right? So it's a cool thing. I've never gone in for a colonoscopy, so I don't know what they have you drink. But yeah, it's probably not made quite like that because I doubt they're getting the Himalayan salt, but probably a saltwater solution to help flush your, I imagine, probably Epsom salts. That's typically what they use because Epsom salts are naturally naturally known laxative. And they're the worst tasting, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. So here we go. And you guys can, can, can try some of that later. You can put a little bit of that in your water bottle. But it's simple and easy to make, isn't it? And in that book, it talks about how you, you could, there's different recipes for, for bathing in it, for, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You can hit the lights. Different recipes so you can bathe in it to help detox your system. So that salt water will actually draw, draw fluids and draw toxins out of your system. So it's powerful as far as that goes. You can use it for a uh, nasal wash, right? So wash your sinuses. 
Um, so who's heard of a neti pot before? So you can put that in a neti pot, flush it right through your sinuses. Powerful, because again, the salts are natural sterilizing agent. And you can put just a tiny bit of lemon in there. Again, another powerful sterilizing agent with, with the vitamin C and run that through the neti pot. Powerful. So let's go on here. So we're going to go a little bit into um, alkalizing. So we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, just one, one key note, and I'll talk a little bit more about this at the end, but we definitely want to make sure that our water is purified, that it's fully cleaned out. And so that was why there's a lot of people asking me about different water systems. And, and again, I'll, I'll mention this more. This is why I got the um, Avalon water system right over here. I'm really pleased with that because for years and years and years, you know, we also have the water alkalizer, of course, in the back. Um, and I like that, but the, 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 the fallacy with the water alkalizer is that it's only a carbon filter in there. And the problem with that is that there's a lot of toxins. Carbon filters only, only take out a certain amount of things like chlorine, certain toxins, um, but fluoride and other things actually get through. So for years I was thinking, gosh, I wish I could just find something that was reverse osmosis, right? Because reverse osmosis actually fully cleans all the toxins out. The problem with reverse osmosis is, is the water left acidic or alkaline? What do you think? Acidic. It's acidic. So we would have to re-alkalize it, right? So we'd, and there's all different ways that you can do that. But I, was, I always thought, man, I, I need to find a system that fully cleans it out, then remineralizes it, right? And adds some sort of life back to it because reverse osmosis kind of strips life out. So what I love about the Avalon system is it does that. It adds the minerals, boosts the pH back up, and then it adds antioxidants in there. And that's one of the cool things about the alkalizer is that you have hydroxyl radicals. And those hydroxyl radicals are powerful um, antioxidants. And so same thing with, the, with this Avalon water system. And it's very, very uh, cheap and affordable. And so we got a guy in the back. What was your first name, sir? Ricardo. Ricardo's in the back. He actually represents the, the system. And so... Um, this is very, very affordable. You can get it right in your office, right at your house. In fact, a couple of our patients have already got it in their house, and there's no down payment. I mean, it's just very affordable, very easy. I'm really pleased with that. That's the only reason why I got it here. I already had a water system. I went. I actually increased my overhead so I can have that and really show my, my patients what they need to do at their house because I believe so strongly in it. And so definitely go ahead and talk to Ricardo at the end about that. So now we're going to talk a little bit about alkalizing. So guys... This is a really common thing, and I always like to put these, these uh, PowerPoints in different, different workshops. Everybody always asks me where they're going to get their, you know, how do they, if they don't, eat, they don't eat dairy products, how are they going to get their calcium? But where does a cow get its calcium? Grass, right? Absolutely. And grass is one of the most phenomenal things, right? Calcium, it's protein, all those things. So we look at this, and right from Genesis, God said, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, every tree, every fruit tree yielding seed for meat. And so in the beginning, people, you know, people were not eating meat. And what was the average lifespan very early in Genesis? Yvette, what was it? Like, a, yeah, like the average person was like 800 years old, right? And then, of course, God allowed us to eat meat, and we started dying young. Now, that doesn't mean I, I eat meat. I eat meat on a regular basis or animal products. And I'm not saying not to because there's definitely uh, health benefits to it. But it's kind of giving us a, a sign that, hey, our, our diet needs to be plant-based. So it has to be a plant-based diet. When we look at this, just like the salts, how the salts were a collection of light energy, what's so cool when you really break this down, this is what fascinates me so much, is that really light is the driving force and that everything that we're taking in, 
how our body runs is really um, a dir- it's it's really coming from the light. It's really um, just recycled light energy. And so it's the same thing with plants. That plants, of course, the green. What gives plants a green color? What's the substance? Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. That's right. Chlorophyll gives it this autotrophic uh, function where it's able to produce energy on its own from taking in oxygen, sunlight, and water, right? And, and then, of course, having the right nutrients in the soil. And so it's very, very similar to our blood system. In fact, when we look at it, we know that chlorophyll has almost the same molecular makeup as a red blood cell. And red blood cells bring what to our cells? Oxygen, mainly oxygen, right? And so the binding mineral is what binds to the oxygen, the iron. Here in chlorophyll, it's magnesium. What's the number one mineral deficiency that we have in our society? Magnesium. 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 It's, I mean, it's... Magnesium is um, really the research on that is, is going through the roof. That you know, it's a powerful thing that we really need to be focusing on. And so here's our best source right here, plants. Most bioavailable form of magnesium right there. And it's very, very energy effective for our body to take chlorophyll and easily make blood cells. Does that make sense? So we oxygenate our system very effectively by eating a lot of plant-based green foods. So let's look at this. Light equals green equals blood equals flesh. So it's that, that direct derivative. So we want healthy bloodstream. If we want to be able to oxygenate our system effectively, we got to make sure we got a lot of good plants, a lot of green plants in our system. And so going back to sunshine, obviously, what's the major vitamin that you get from sunshine? Vitamin D, that's right. And so that is huge chronic deficiencies. So it was Mother's Day yesterday. So I was visiting my mom. My mom happens to be a nurse practitioner and a naturopath and she works um, with a I can't remember the name of the corporation but up in Gainesville Georgia she works with this corporation and runs their uh, their corporate health and they love her because she instead of increasing people's medications she actually shares my philosophy where she actually gets people off these things and so she's had every one of them I think it was like 200 people in the in that corporation tested for vitamin D and these people are all, of course, working inside. And she said that not one of them is where they should be. Not one, right? She said the, la- the person with the highest, and some of you guys will understand this number, is 42 nanograms per milliliter. That was the highest she saw. We should be between 60 and 90 nanograms per milliliter, right? Anything lower than that, you substantially increase your risk of cancer. She said people coming in with 9, 10, right, things like that, getting them on vitamin D immediately. Super- she actually fills up a whole dropper full, right? And we'll have them of the same type that we use here. And we'll have them take it right there in the office and tell them to do that every day for two weeks. And then she rechecks them, right, and, and sees their numbers go up. And so what's that? Yeah, you can, but ultimately uh, you're really not going to have it. And so if you were to do a dropper full every single day, yeah, you definitely can, ha- can get too much. I tell people, right, Yvette, what did I have you doing? Like, uh-huh, like your body weight? Right? I had you doing your body weight. I'll tell people, do their body weight. She was symptomatic. She was having like a fee coming down with a fever. How'd you do in your, your, your body weight for like, what, two weeks or whatever it was? Yeah, exactly. And then I just dropped back down. Yeah, and then well, she dropped back I'm down. I'm feeling bad or feel like something's going on, then I increase that dose yep. again. And I just slide right through. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. She's a completely different person than she was a year ago. Completely. Right? I mean, totally different. And so... This is one of the things that we did, of course, was the vitamin D. But what we know is, is that when your body's under more stress, 
you need more vitamin D. So typically maintenance doses, I'll tell people to take about 10,000 international units daily, so which would be about five drops. Yeah. If, you're, if you're Caucasian and you're getting out in the sun all the time, you're fine. You should be fine. You know, you're getting out in the sun and you're getting a large portion of your body in the sun, you should be fine. So not just your arms, right? In fact, they say 15 to 20 minutes in the sun, but really we need to have 40% of our body in the sun. So if you're getting out in the sun on a regular basis, like I try to get out as often as I possibly can, um, then you should be fine. But if you are dark skinned and you're not getting in the sun much because you have a ton of melatonin there, so we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're taking those doses. So definitely want to get it up. You can get a, a vitamin D test. They're very simple, very easy. They're cheap. They're one of the cheaper tests you can get, typically between like 60 and 100 bucks um, that you can get it, get it done. Uh, eventually, I'll probably have a, an area to get it done at. But you can get, ask your doctor, ask whoever, if you have a, a general practitioner, you can get that done. Always want to get check that level. It should be between 60 and 90 is where it should be. Where's yours at? No, I got to get Oh, you haven't gotten it yet. Okay, that's right. So very, very key, vitamin D, absolutely essential. So homeostasis, when we talk about our, our pH scale, who knows where it should be? Who knows where our bloodstream? What's that? What's that? Close. 7.365 is where it should be. So very close, right? So right here, we're looking at it. We know all disease associated with an acidic environment. So when our body is acidic, we'll talk about why that is and how that works. So balanced relationships is key. So here it is, 7.365. Higher than that is alkaline. Lower than that is acidic. So our body, our bloodstream really should always be slightly alkaline, slightly alkaline, 7.365. So here's what happens in the acidic environment. We know that the body will do whatever it possibly can. That We have these very, very tight buffer systems on our internal pH, particularly our bloodstream. So because of that, in the short term, our lungs will kick up. Right? So that way it can expel and um, our kidneys will kick up the detox and actually pulling out um, different, different hydrogen ions and stuff like that. We'll have very acidic P, uh, pH in our urine. So what we do chronically when, when that doesn't buffer it enough and we just continue to have this acidic environment is our body will actually start to strip alkaline minerals from inside the system. So it will take um, calcium out of our bones and teeth potassium out of our muscles and nerves, magnesium out of our arteries, sodium out of our joints. So what happens is when we lose calcium out of our bones and our teeth, what do we think about? What did you say? Osteoporosis, right? When we lose potassium out of our muscles and nerves, now we get sporadic function in our nerves. So we can have irregular, irregular uh, heart rate, right? We have muscle tension. So, you know, tight, tight, rigid muscles, which when we're dehydrated, we are acidic. We're going to be acid, acidic when we're dehydrated. Um, our arteries, we lose magnesium. So magnesiums would allow arteries to be very pliable, right? So they allow them to stretch and come back, have that level of elasticity. That's magnesium is a key mineral for that. So what happens is when we lose that, now the arteries aren't able to stretch. So a, a bunch of so our heart beats, a bunch of blood comes through, it's not able to stretch. So, right, so more pressure in that area. So then they put the blood pressure cuff on you, and what do they find? Higher blood pressure, right? So and it's typically related to an acidic environment and um, that we're losing magnesium. Our joints, sodium. By the way, a uh, lady, I was doing a scan on her today, so it was her 24th visit, and um, she was on a pretty, pretty good-sized prescription of blood pressure pills, and I did her scan on her today. I was asking her about her blood pressure. We saw her scan was, was great. It looked really, really good. 
and we know her nerve system is healing better. So I was asking her about that because I told her her body's healing, so she needs to talk to whoever she needs to talk to about really getting off that. She said that last week she got checked at, a, at her Kaiser, um, which is what her company provides, and it, it, she said it was 110 over 70, and she's been, ta- she's been just about completely off of her blood pressure drug. She's been weaning it herself. It was 110 over 70. So, um, so this is going to be her last week. She's going to check it every single day, and then eventually, guess where that blood pressure drug is going? In the can, right? In the can. She's going to be liberated from that thing. So this is what we see all the time in this office. So acidosis cycle is what happens. We eat and drink acidic substances. We don't do exercise, which is key because exercise actually helps pump and oxygenate our system. We need that oxygen. We also need to strip out wastes. We don't digest uh, food properly, and we, we don't eliminate. When we don't eliminate, toxins build up, and they start to secrete acidic substances. So then this whole process starts where we're acidic, so our body will strip minerals out of our major areas, and all kinds of problems happen. So acidic inflammatory states end up irritating nerve endings. We get increased level of pain, tax joints, muscles, organs. So high levels of pain. So a lot of times, you know, I'll be adjusting people. And, and you know, just to make this perfectly clear, and I know most of you guys understand this, I, I don't adjust people to get them out of pain, right? So when I'm adjusting people, what is my major focus? What were you saying, Teresa? What were you saying? Yeah, healing. It's all about helping their body self-heal. So a lot of people come in, they have this concept that my hands somehow get rid of pain, right? <laughs> that somehow something I'm going to do is going to get rid of pain. Now, the great thing is when our body is healing more effectively, what typically goes away? Pain, that's right. And so over time, it goes away. But you know what? It's, it's not, I'm not adjusting you for that purpose. I'm adjusting you to enhance your body's ability to heal the better self express itself, to turn over bad cells, destroy them, and regenerate healthy cells. Pain can come from a number of things. Yes, a bone on a nerve can definitely cause pain, but your body could also be chronically dehydrated and acidic. And I can adjust you all day long, right? If you're chronically dehydrated and acidic, what's always going to be there? Pain, right? You're toxic. I mean, it's always going to be there. doesn't mean your body's not functioning better, right? But ultimately, you're going to have the same pain, painful issue. And so we got to address that as well. So we have to alkalize, you know, if anybody is in chronic pain, immediately we've got to get them on an alkaline protocol, really help them out with a lot of those things, really hydrate effectively. <clears throat> look, at our, look at what happens in our bloodstream. So blood cells, they naturally have a negative charge on the outside, positive charge on the inside. So this is our healthy bloodstream. In an acidic environment, what happens is we actually lose that, that negative charge on the outside. So the cells actually start to clump together, the red blood cells. So they clump together, they become very viscous. Now imagine cells like this moving through a small capillary, right? Now they move a lot. Do do you think they move faster or slower? Slower, right? So they're moving slower. Oxygen's being released. And so they're not able to get enough oxygen out to the deep, the distal parts of our body. So we become lower oxygenated. So when cells don't have oxygen, then what grows? Cancer. Cancer, we know, thrives in an acidic, low-oxygen environment, not to mention toxins build up. The cells aren't able to get rid of the toxins, so we have a lot of problems. So have to do that. Not to mention, this will definitely increase your blood pressure. So chronic acidic states will definitely cause that. So oxygen, like we said, cause of cancer, no longer a mystery. We know it's these low-oxygen, these acidic states that will definitely cause that. So cancer and acidity, I mean, just no, tons of research that talk about this, talk about how when it's an acidic environment, 
that cancer cells thrive because they're anaerobic. So cancer, the cells themselves don't depend on oxygen. They actually produce all their energy from a process called glycolysis. And glycolysis is what you, when you're, by, when you're doing burst training, you're producing energy without oxygen, right? Glycolysis. So it uses sugar, stored sugar in your body. So that's why we say the, the, the preferred fuel of cancer cells is what? Sugar. sugar. That's right, because that's what they need. They don't need oxygen. They don't burn fats for fuel, right? Instead, they use sugar. So when we, use, when we eat sugar, cancer cells, if they have grown and metastasized around blood vessels, they steal that sugar as quickly as possible because it's, it's their preferred fuel. And so in acidic terrain, this is what it creates. Low energy, fatigue, poor digestion, overweight. I mean, it's all of these chronic states that we don't want to have. So look at this. Acid settles in the weakest spots first. So we have a couple of these major areas, and these are, are really our lymphatic areas. So you guys know we have two blood systems, two, two circulatory systems, right? We have our, our bloodstream and our lymphatic system. So we have a couple major areas. We have right down here our solar plexus area, okay? And when acid accumulates down there, what kind of organs are we thinking about? A little bit lower than those, right? So it's more of like your uterus, ovaries, um, prostate, so regions like that, right? So right over here, that left side, now we're thinking more of our, our pancreas and our spleen. And then what's right here? What's right under the armpit? A lymph area, and that's our breast, right? So top cancers, prostate cancer, breast cancer, right, pancreatic, um, all, all, all those types of areas. So when those wastes accumulate, now we get massive amounts of abnormal cells that can grow in those areas. So an alkaline terrain on the, opposite, on, the, on the other side actually helps really energize us, create optimal mental states. It's exactly where we should be. We want to constantly be focusing on alkalizing. It's a never-ending battle. You know, really with health, guys, it's a key principle to understand. I always talk about it is that, in fact, I was telling uh, the person that put up all our quotes that I'm going to get this put on the, on the wall, and I will, is that we have 0% um, life in health, which is what? Death, right? 100% life in health, which is optimal functioning. We're either going one way or the other, right? There's no static state. So we misuse that term health all the time. You're not, there's, health is really 100% function, which we have to constantly push towards, right? So we're constantly moving towards health, not that we're actually have, have, are there, right? So it's constantly, we're either moving towards that or we're moving away from it. With every decision we make, everything that's going on in our body, we're doing one of those things. So we've got to constantly push towards alkalizing because everything in our society is acidic. Stress is acidic. Anybody here under stress? Right? All of us. Sugar, right? The, the foods that we're eating oftentimes are, are very acidic. Um, air pollution, which we live in Atlanta, so um, can't really get around that. All those things are acidic, so we've got to constantly move and be pushing our body towards an alkaline environment. Very key. So we'll go on to this next one. So one way to alkalize is to eat more what? Greens, right? More green vegetables, one of the most powerful alkaline foods that you can put in your system. So we want to really super alkalize with good green vegetables. So what are some greens you guys like? What? Spinach, kale, broccoli, right? Collard greens, cucumbers, celery, all these high alkaline, uh, highly alkaline vegetables, amazing for us. And then with our meals, this is a general principle you want to look for, okay? You want your meal 
to be 70 to 80 percent raw alkalizing foods as much as possible and then you can take your you know 25 percent or so and that can be uh, you know typically like a meat like a, a you know a good healthy type of meat a grass-fed meat so grass-fed meat is definitely more alkalizing than grain-fed meat because they're eating grass which is alkalizing but nevertheless dead animals always going to be acidic but there's a place for that so we just have that along with our alkaline foods or if we were going to eat say some grains like some brown rice so if we weren't doing the healing diet the advanced plan we want to eat some grains what are our best grains brown rice so organic brown rice and what else quinoa right so our our ancient grains so yeah it is it's kind of a seed but it's considered a grain too so those are our best grains so if we were to have that along with our vegetables they're part of our anti-cancer plan so if we were to have that um, and then of course if you have brown rice what, what do you load up in there turmeric right you get all your powerful anti-inflammatories you load that up in there that's a powerful powerful cancer fighting food and it really helps alkalize our system so this is the best way to go so a good dinner you know it would be like a nice big spinach salad you know you get diced cucumbers you know you put all kinds of stuff in there put some olive oil which is very alkalizing squeeze lemon on there or use apple cider vinegar right put some good salt some good herbs and then you can have you know a um, you know grass-fed steak or uh, you know something like that so you have your huge salad right and you have your steak or you have you know cut up uh, free-range chicken or eggs or something like that or quinoa you know some something along those lines perfect dinner right so I mean this is just what we want to regularly do so another great way to alkalize would be also to use things like um, like greens powders and we'll talk about that I like this quote right here because a lot of people uh, you know they come to my workshops or whatever it is or they they come out and they hear these things and they're like wow that's pretty radical Right, that's pretty radical. But Dean Ornish, she says, I don't understand why asking people to eat a well-balanced vegetarian diet is considered drastic while it's medically conservative to cut people open or put them on powerful cholesterol-lowering drugs for the rest of their lives with tons of side effects, right? Medically conservative. We'll put you on chemotherapy and radiation to play it safe, right? While well, it literally destroys your body. It's unbelievable. Yet we tell people to change their diets. It's like, whoa, I don't know. I don't know about that, right? And so it's unfortunate, but really it's kind of our, the way our medical system runs is it has very little faith in, in human compliance, right? And so it's an authoritative state, stance, and they put very little faith in a person's ability to really stick to something. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I, I can see their point because most people in society never stick with things. They never achieve their goals. Most people don't even plan goals because they haven't achieved them in the past. But ultimately... You know, that's why I truly believe in my heart and my spirit, the doctor of the future is not only a doctor who educates, but ultimately somebody who inspires people, right? And so that's why, you know, it's my goal is to become more and more inspiring, to help provide not only resources, but really to, to captivate your heart, your spirit, so that way you can just push through all the tough obstacles, all the challenges as we move forward. So acid alkaline balance, a couple things that you can do. You can, you can get these pH strips. Um, you can order those online. We used to sell them, but we really don't have any over there. You can order these online on Amazon or any of those places. And so you can check your saliva or your urine. And so the ideal, um, so really saliva is probably a great way to check urines, mm -hmm. more of what you're excreting. And so it's always going to be a little bit lower. But you can check either one. Just the general rule is when you're doing this that you want to make sure that, so if you're going to check both of them, that you don't use the same strip and check your urine. 
saliva. Good thing not to do, right? So, um, but you can definitely do that. Now, here's, here's a little caveat. A lot of people will try to check their water with these things. You can't. There's a different tester. I've got a little chemistry test that I can test water with, but um, it reacts differently. This is for saliva. This is for bodily fluids right here. So pH of popular fluids. So let's look at this. So carbonated water, obviously very acidic. By the way, soda? 2.3, right? <laughs> Extremely acidic. Distilled water goes low. Reverse osmosis, 5.5 to 6.3. This is why, in my opinion, reverse osmosis, although it cleans everything out, can be dangerous because very acidic will strip minerals out. One of the reasons why I love the Avalon, because it actually remineralizes, which is so cool. So it actually boosts that pH up where it should be, and then it adds antioxidants. So bottled water, you have no bottled waters, as we saw in the video, terrible. I mean, there's a time and a place where we absolutely have to use bottled water, but honestly, it's not even worth it. Honestly, actually, when I was flying to Chicago and I was in the airport, I thought, well, you know, I was, it was basically this choice, right? I was sitting in the airport, really thirsty, and I was like, well, I could buy bottled water for, what, $5 a, for eight ounces, or I'll drink tap water. I'm like, what's the difference, yeah. right? So I just drank tap water. I was like, you know what? I'll just take more probiotics later, right? I'll just, I had to drink the tap water. So what's that? Yeah, of course. I was fine. No problems, right? So, I mean, it's the only time really is when you travel, honestly. Other than that, there's ways of getting around having to drink bottled water. One of them is you have a good system in your house. It's well worth it. Um, you know, like for this system, it's less than $50 a month. I mean, it's just well worth it. You can use it for, for cooking, for, for drinking, um, all kinds of stuff. If you were to get a whole house filtration system, obviously, you could shower in it, do everything. So get one of these in your office, in your, uh, at, how, at your house. And then what ideally, what should you be drinking out of? glass and inert metal and that's what's so cool so you get a system like this very affordable system and then you can get glass bottles right so you can get glass bottles you use your glass bottle to fill those up right and that way it doesn't touch any of the plastic and that's another cool thing about that is that there's no plastic in there it's stainless steel so it never touches that so you never get um, all the phylates and all the estrogen mimickers that come with plastic so you never get any of that danger. You just use glass right there, most purified source, and it saves you time and energy from traveling out to you know buy water or fill up your water bottles or whatever it is. So it's really simple. So all these other things, obviously, very, very acidic. So simple ways to alkalize is what we do. So we, we squeeze lemons and limes in our water. Very simple thing to do. Well, so it naturally boosts our pH. And a lot of people think a lemon... Right? What do we typically think of with lemons? Acidic, right? But the thing about it, what's so cool about lemons, same thing with, with apple cider vinegar, is that they are acidic on the outside, but inside our body, when our body, when we metabolize them, they actually have an alkaline ash. So the elements, the vitamin C, the, the ionic potassium, all the stuff that's in the lemon, inside our system, when we've digested it, is actually alkaline forming. And that's what's so cool because it actually boosts our natural alkalinity, but on the outside, we can also use it for a sterilizing agent. So lemon is great, to, obviously, to put on your skin, to do a lot of different things with, to clean surfaces, like we did that whole toxicity, toxic solutions workshop, to clean surfaces, um, all that kind of stuff. It's a natural sterilizing agent. So it's really cool. Apple cider vinegar. Um, you could obviously, you could get a water ionizer. Those things typically run between one and $4,000. So if you really want to throw a bunch of money, you can definitely get a water ionizer. But like I said, 
In my opinion, I'm not even sure it's the best bet because it doesn't take out all the fluoride and, and whatnot. So, um, so I'm still in debate about that. pH drops, so you can get actual drops that will boost the pH as well. They have a lot of ionic uh, minerals in there that will naturally boost the pH, so you can order those. You can juice vegetables. So who juices vegetables? Anybody in here? Some of you guys juice. Great way to have, a, have you know, at least one of those every day. Just juice a bunch of vegetables, drink that up. Um, greens powders, chlorophyll supplements, so you can get chlorophyll, liquid chlorophyll, put it in your water. will naturally help boost it. Very simple, easy thing you can do. You can get that at, uh, at Whole Foods or Life Grocery or any of those places. You take these super greens powders like I like to use. They're powerful alkaline buffers. They have tons of... of uh, of greens foods jammed right in there. Um, essential oils are great. You can put that on your skin. Very oxy oxygenating. So you can use all different types of, of essential oils. And that's what Rachel, our massage therapist right over there, um, that's what she uses, right, for when you're massaging. So she's using essential oils, helping oxygenate your system, open up your, your detox centers. Um, and you can use that. In fact, what I do, some of you guys know what I do for deodorant, right, is um, what do I use? Coconut. coconut, right? So I put coconut oil in there. Sometimes I'll throw a little bit of essential oil too. Take like spearmint or cloves or something like that. Put a little bit of that on. You know, get, get a real good fresh, a peppermint or something. A little good kind of fresh scent to me. And um, it's very oxygenating as well. Um, aloe vera juice, um, using the good salts. Like we said, putting those good salts in there. That soleil helps naturally alkalize. So, how, how awesome. Baking soda you can use too. Yeah, you, you definitely can. You can use baking soda as well. And so here is uh, one of our key principles today, guys. So outside of drinking more water, this is the other key essential. And I think this picture really solidifies it on your, on your brain because when we start drinking more water, a common thing, and people will literally complain to me in the room when I'm talking to them, they'll say, yeah, but I'm, I have to go to the bathroom all the time. I'm like, praise God, that's awesome. This is awesome. Right? They're like, yeah, but it gets really annoying. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is what it, way it should be. So, I mean, you should be going to the bathroom every hour. That's what you really ultimately should be doing. We need to pee our way to health. We need to constantly be getting rid of the toxins. So, um, except that night, typically your, your body will store more. Um, but super hydration. So this is one way that we can super hydrate our system. Um, it's powerful, powerful, energizing, detoxifying. It's awesome. First thing in the morning, you start out with about 62 to 38 ounces of water. So one of these guys right here is 32 ounces liter of water, right? So 33, I think, actually. And so you drink one of these full things. I actually drink a lot more now. I usually drink about two in a half hour. And um, so that first thing in the morning, we're just chugging water, really letting it move through our system. We can use some of the good salts with it. We'll naturally, again, stimulate motilin, which is that, that housekeeper of our gut. Push stuff out of our system. We'll immediately, you know, we should, should be able to move your bowels within a half hour, get rid of some toxins, sometimes a couple times, and just really remove everything. You'll naturally have more energy. Um, and then throughout the day, four ounces every 15 minutes. So two to six, I always say, but four ounces would be great. So two swigs every 15 minutes. If you're not able to do that, shrink a little bit more before or after. So for me, I'm not able to do that sometimes because obviously I'm in here adjusting. Whenever I get a, a, a moment, I jump to, the, to my back. I always make sure I take a couple swigs, make sure I'm hydrated before I start. And so this is something, just constantly keep our system saturated, keep our body saturated with water. Uh, up until about 30 minutes before the meal, why don't you want to drink right before you eat? That's right. So Deborah said dilutes the enzymes. 
So really, we don't want to be drinking necessarily while we're eating. Now, if you're drinking just a little bit of water with maybe some lemon squeezing it, it's okay. But ultimately, we don't want to be drinking a whole lot while we're eating. We don't want to dilute the enzymes. And ideally, our meal should have enough water-containing foods to where it really supplies us, right? So what's a good water-containing food? Vegetables, right? So green vegetables, cucumbers, celery, stuff like that. So we should have enough of that in our meal, typically. Or if you make a shake, obviously, you know you've got water in there. We should have enough of that, typically, in a meal to really satisfy us. And then we want to wait, <clears throat> ideally, about two hours before we really start super hydrating. Now, like I said, I mean, if you were to take you know, a little bit of lemon and some water and drink, sip on that, particularly like a warm water um, afterwards, because warm water doesn't empty as fast as cold does. So if you were to do that afterwards, like drink a little tea or something, not a problem. Your body, your, your system can handle it. But for me, I try to, try to give myself at least an hour before I start really starting to hydrate again, um, just to make sure that everything's out of my stomach and into my small intestine, starting to really move through my system. Very, very good goal. And then, um, so in the summertime, which is what we're moving into, maybe a little bit more water. Obviously, we're losing a little bit more. Uh, and so that's typically what we want to do. So just constantly drinking, constantly flushing our system. And most people who, who do this, anybody do this or has done it in the past, or Rachel, you do it, right? Most people tell me they immediately know a huge difference. They immediately know that their energy goes up. I mean, I get, I get a Facebook post from a girl. She's like, I've been drinking tons of water. It said, I've been drinking tons of water and feeling amazingly amazing, right? That's what she wrote. And so, um, so it's just incredible what happens. You just have so much more energy, and it's awesome. So this is kind of the way it would look. So let's say you wake up at 6 a.m. So you wake up. So if you want to really super hydrate, right, 48 ounces. So you can just constantly just drink tons and tons of water. For me, I work out. So like this morning, I got up. Um, in fact, I got up about 545. I was hydrating my system while I was doing my, my spinal exercises. So doing all of that, making sure my system was well hydrated. I uh, did all my spinal exercises. I was reading the Bible, doing some different things. And uh, 6.45, went over to the gym. I was well hydrated. I hadn't eaten anything, but I was well hydrated. Took some of my salts. Went into the gym. And uh, this is the cool thing that we're going to be talking about next week, how to get in great shape in minutes a day. Jumped on the elliptical for about three or four minutes to warm up. And it was just 10 minutes of just um, absolute craziness, uh, strength training, running around the gym like a, like a crazy man. And then it was uh, jump right into the shower. That was over here by 7.20, right? So it was just simple, quick, boom. Just like that. And, uh, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm literally six. I, I typically fluctuate between six and about seven and a half percent body fat. Right. And so just amazing shape. The uh, the water first thing in the morning will naturally help really flush your system, get your body burning fat more effectively. Your insulin is low. And we're going to talk more about that next week. Is really we're going to get into that. I'm going to focus specifically next week on exercise and how to maximally burn fat through exercise. But it starts right here with your drinking water first thing in the morning. So you guys are already a step ahead of everybody else because you already understand that. So finally, the last question we get asked is this. How come there are people in our society right, that do a lot of these things, that eat great, that exercise, that do all that kind of stuff, and they still die young? Right? I mean, like Jim Fix wrote this book on running. He had a heart attack at 52. Diana Reeves, 44 years old, dies of lung cancer. And so ultimately... We can't miss any of our major components, right? And so we talked about those eight essentials. We have to make sure that, our, that we're pure and sufficient, that our body is healing the way that it should. And the missing link in, in many people's systems, particularly with these two, was this right here, the nerve system. 
the very system that controls all function, all healing, everything in our body, right? And so for our, our heart to beat, our lungs to breathe, for our body to be able to process and alkalize our system, to, to spread water out into every single cell, that life supply has to flow from the brain down through the spinal cord and over those nerves. Let's say that there's a nerve block to the heart, right? Nerve block to the heart, what kind of cells are going to form in the heart, normal or abnormal? Abnormal, that's right. So then let's say that um, we drink all the great water, eat all the best food in the world, take medications, whatever we need to do, even rip that heart out, per put a perfectly healthy heart in, is that heart ever going to get better? No. And so we've got to get to the cause. Number one cause of, of sickness and disease is deficiency in nerve supply, subluxation, pressure on those nerves. So that's why, obviously, it's so critical when we do the scans to actually see exactly what's going on, where those areas of nerve pressure are, getting those cleaned up. This is what's so cool. <clears throat> like, D, she just left, but we did a nerve scan on her, and she looked like this when she first came in right here. Now she looked, she wasn't completely white, but she looked almost all white. I mean, she had a couple bars, a couple green bars. And, and I know, Lauren, we just did your scan a little while ago. Yvette, we did yours, right? And so when that's happening, I already know that the body is healing, that it's replacing cells, it's destroying cells, that cancer is being destroyed in your body. That's what's so cool about these scans. This technology really lets us know invasively exactly how well your body is functioning and healing, what's going on there. And we could see changes and track that over time. And then ultimately, obviously looking at the x-ray. And so you guys remember what this is called, this x-ray from the side, the arc of what? Life. Life, right? And so we know that the spinal cord takes on its optimal length, sending all that power, that healing, that life uh, to every single organ in our body. When we lose that curve, what does it do to the spinal cord? Yeah, it starts to stretch, tear that spinal cord. Brainstem comes down. That first bone literally crushes right up against the brainstem. So people come in. The scary part of phase one when you lose that curve is 92% of the time, it's asymptomatic, 92%. Most people, they're walking around society, they have no idea they have it because what do most people see a, t a chiropractor for? Pain, right? Yeah, back pain, neck pain, car accidents, right? And so ultimately, right, in this office, we're about complete life transformation. That's what we're about. And so complete life transformation, you know, we can um, get somebody like this out of pain, but unless that's corrected, right, if, if their spinal cord looks like this, what is it continue to, going to continue to build? Disease, abnormal cells. So we got to do everything we possibly can to get them right here in this position, open up that curve, allow the maximum amount of God-given life force to heal their body. That's everything that we do in this, in this office. It's designed around removing interference so God can heal your body more effectively, whether it's drinking water, alkalizing, removing nerve, uh, nerve stress, and allowing you to heal. That's what it's all about. And so this is the focus and so let's say that this person right here was, was um, drinking green shakes all day long, lemon water, all kinds of stuff. This person wasn't. Who's still going to get cancer first? You guys see that? Because what kind of cells? This person's always going to develop abnormal cells. So what we've got to do is continue to clear that nerve system, do everything we can to get the head back over the shoulders, everything lined up so the body can heal. And so ultimately, um, you know, all of that, everything that we talked about, it's for not unless you have an absolute purpose for your life, right? And so ultimately at the core and the foundation of this is that we, not only are we living this maximized living lifestyle, and I can't remember who I was talking to today, maybe Deborah, I said, isn't it great to be living a maximized living lifestyle? She's like, absolutely. And the key foundation behind a maximized living lifestyle is we don't do these things just for ourselves. Yeah, it's great to be really healthy. It's great to, to, to have this incredible quality of life, 
right? But ultimately, we want to do it for everybody else because people are sick, suffering, and dying. We want to have purpose behind our lives. God put us on the planet for an incredible reason. We want to be able to go out there and serve him at our highest level. And so we've got to find that purpose. So just like I was saying at the makeover, we have to be able to ask the question, why? Not just know all the how. I just gave you an hour and a half of how, right? We want to know, number one, why. Why are we doing this? What is our ultimate, what is it ultimately that we want? Right, so I remember I was talking with you, Robin, you were talking about your mom, right? Now you didn't want to become like that. And so, you know, sometimes that's a good driving force, right? And I know, Vet, you, you kind of see it too with, with your mom. We don't want to become sick and crippled. And so who here wants to have incredible quality of life when they're 90 years old? All of us, right? So that's what we're going for right here. We want to, we want to be, you know, the, the fittest, happiest 90-year-olds. And I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get you guys there. I'm going to pour my heart, my spirit, do whatever I can because my ultimate goal is that when you're 90, 95 years old, that you do have that quality of life, that you're enjoying yourself, doing whatever it is you want to do. You're not on a, you're not, you don't need a walker on 10 medications in a nursing home, right? So we want to make sure that's not happening, that you're living that quality of life. And so next week, we're going to be doing the um, 21st Century Weight Loss Workshop. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to be really focusing mostly on the exercise portion since we didn't hit that um, at the food makeover. So make sure anybody who wants to do this weight loss challenge, anybody, think about the people at your work that are right next to you at the office. Think about people in your church. Think about people, uh, just people that you know in your life that you know, maybe they, maybe they um, are overweight and they haven't been able to lose weight right? and they're, they're, they're yo-yoing on all these different diets. Maybe they just have low, low confidence in themselves. Maybe they just um, maybe they're, they're fat fighting a, a sickness or a disease, right? And they're trying to reverse a disease process. Whoever it is, bless them with this invite. I mean, we're literally changing and transforming lives. You guys were at the makeover. You saw a number of people getting up there, reversing disease in their body, getting off massive amounts of medications, doing what's considered medically impossible. All right, and so there are thousands of people out there, and these are the same people in all of our churches that um, are filling up the prayer lists saying, pray, pray for, for Johnny who has cancer. Pray for this person. Pray for that person, right? Well, you know what? We're sitting right here. And, and I have a number of people that have come in this office, and they said, you're an answer to my prayers. Number of people that have, that have said that. We're sitting right here. We're eager. We're asking God to, 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 to open up doors, to open up opportunities so we can get out and, and help more people. If you have a places for us to speak, you know, we'll speak there. If you have um, whatever it is, so we can get this outreach out to more people. Bring them, drag them if you have to, out to a 21st Century Weight Loss Workshop next Monday night. I will not disappoint you. They will not be disappointed. They will be thanking you that they came out. I can guarantee you that. We'll get them going on the weight loss program, really get build up some confidence in their life, help them achieve goals. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to have groups involved, and, and this is going to be the best weight loss challenge. You got a number of you guys are going to be incredible uh, testimonies, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so with that being said, um, you know, anything I can do for you guys, I love you. I'm here to, to bless you, to serve you. So if you have questions, whatever it is, I'm here for you. Also, we got Ricardo in the back. Um, he's going to be talking about uh, the water system. So if you have any questions about that, um, we have a whole list of people who've signed up for more information. Make sure you stop over. Um, thank him for coming out. And if you're interested in getting something like that set up at your house or your office, definitely talk to him, get his information. It's well worth it, I can tell you that. Okay, so, all right. Great. All right, guys. And that's the podcast for this week. Join us next time for a workshop on 21st century weight loss. And we've just launched a brand new website. Check it out 
at www.exodushc, as in health center, dot com. See you next time.